Welcome back to the program. Lori Rubinson here with you, and it was Championship Sunday. Um, we had one close down-to-the-wire game, and then we have the other game. Um, Eagles making quick work of the San Francisco 49ers, who were uh, essentially played half a game without a quarterback. Uh, to talk about the Eagles and Niners, we bring in Ryan Dunleavy from the New York Post. He was there in Philadelphia covering all the action. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Good, Lori. How are you? Uh, I'm good. So, well, we'll start with what's your um, what's your headline sort of uh, big picture takeaway from, you know, it was 31-7. And, you know, as I said, look, Brock Purdy, the starting quarterback, knocked out in the first, um, you know, First drive, first series of the game, and uh, for the for the Niners, and um, after that, it really didn't feel like much of a game. But what was your headline here? Yeah, I mean that's it. Uh, that, nothing else in the game really matters, Lori. We we could probably wrap this conversation up in thirty <laughs> seconds, right? I mean, nothing else really matters. It doesn't matter how the Eagles' defense looked, or how Hurts looked, or that the refs blew that call in the first quarter, or that the roughing the punter was a was questionable really all that mattered is for half a game the Eagles played with a quarterback who literally could not throw a pass he could he admitted he couldn't throw the ball more than five yards and um not to mention he was their third string quarterback to begin with I mean they were playing without Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo to begin with so as good as the Brock Purdy show was seven and oh coming into this game people forget he was their third string quarterback to begin with. So they're playing an NFC championship game with a fourth string quarterback, Josh Johnson, who gets knocked out and they bring in Purdy, their third string quarterback with one hand tied behind his back. So they're basically playing with a fifth string quarterback. No one is winning that game. Yeah. And speaking of fifth stringers, I had people on you know Twitter during the game fans who were saying to me, this is a, rationale or reason for why you have to have that third emergency quarterback that you make inactive but you dress and activate in case you lose both of them because then they lost Josh Johnson obviously um, early in the second half and um, we're playing essentially without a quarterback in in the second half and what's your um, I don't know what's your take on that I have two. One would be I won't be surprised if at the owners' meetings in the spring that becomes the new rule, right? Like we love to overreact to the playoffs. So Mm -hmm. now we have a new overtime format because of the way the Bills and Chiefs game ended last year. It was not fair that Josh Allen didn't get the ball back, so we created a new overtime format based on one game. So now based on, oh, God, we can't ever have anybody end up in the same position the 49ers did, I imagine the owners will make some sort of petition to bring back that rule that we all knew from our childhood where the third quarterback was active uh, only in case of an emergency, and if he went in the game, then the starter couldn't go back in the game. I assume that'll come back into play. I'm not even really sure why they got rid of it. Something to do with uh, expanding the rosters, and now you can have 53 guys plus two on the practice squad instead of 52 guys when we were kids. Like, who cares? I don't need the eighth linebacker. Give me the quarterback so that fans don't have to watch what they had to watch today. And if the owners don't do that, then I think what you'll see is teams from now on that you know, maybe beginning in the Super Bowl, um, and certainly next year in the playoffs, we'll use one of their practice squad elevations on a uh, third quarterback for the game. Because in this era, 
that is correct, Lori, where, where as soon as uh, you bang your head, a concussion spotter says you have to get tested in this era where you could lose your quarterback without, you know, uh, just for banging his head, which is the correct move. I want to emphasize that you have to be prepared to lose your quarterback. I mean, I feel like more often than not, you don't have your quarterback for the, for the whole season. So uh, I think only 11 teams all year had the same quarterback start every game. So quarterbacks get knocked out left and right. Now you have to be prepared with three in uniform. Yeah. I, in general, if you're talking about the three quarterbacks that have been on your roster for a good part of the season, I get that point. For this particular game, for fans that were thinking, like, how could they not have a third quarterback dressed? I was thinking the specific case of this game, think about it this way, is, as you point out, Brock Purdy was their number three quarterback. Josh Johnson was signed in December as a journeyman, hey, Kind of pick up the offense a little bit if you can at the last minute. Fourth quarterback. So who was it that people thought they could bring in for this week to be the emergency quarterback (laughs) and fifth stringer that's sitting around someplace on a a couch and you're going to bring in to be the fifth stringer who was going to get no practice reps whatsoever with the team at any point all season and was going to make – a really material difference in this in in this game, but so uh, you know, I'll say that in general, I get the point. In this particular situation, where you would have been talking about a fifth stringer with no practice reps who didn't know the offense, I'm not sure how much it would have helped. Yeah, he would have to be active too. You can't just bring him in on the practice squad. He has to be active for right. the game. I would have to know. My guess, offhand, Lori, without doing the research, is probably in the whatever it is. 12 playoff games we've had so far, I would guess no team had three quarterbacks. Correct. Yes. So, anyway, uh, by probability analysis, this was unlikely. Um, Meanwhile, it happened. All right. So, in fairness to the Eagles, let's take a step back, and in particular to uh, Hassan Reddick. I did think that, but you know, for the five – seconds that this was a football game I thought he was the best player on the field in the first half when we actually you know kind of had two teams with quarterbacks um and so Hassan Reddick you know credit to the Eagles and to him um for the season that he had but for a moment what was Kyle Shanahan thinking? You know, we, we talk about him as a genius. It seems like half the teams in the league play his offense. His his tree of coaches is everywhere. For someone so smart, how can you possibly block Hassan Reddick one-on-one with a backup tight end or a wide receiver? We see this all the time. The great Brian Boldinger, the best film guru, I think, in the NFL, harps on this every week on NFL Network and says this is something that happens all the time in the NFL where tight ends get matched up against these great defensive ends. It's not just I saw J.J. Watt on tight ends on J.J. Watt. It's just like they're on the end of the formation and and you're on the end of the formation, so therefore you block him. And there's no creativity whatsoever, whether that's on the head coach or the offensive line coach or the offensive coordinator but somebody needs to pull somebody needs to stunt like you can't just have you're on the end you're on the end you have to block each other because it's a mismatch it's getting uh worse and worse every every week in this league i think tight ends cannot block these ferocious defensive ends and look reddick destroyed the uh, giants last week he had two Mm -hmm. sacks in the first half of that game he's the one 
who wrecked the fourth and eight play uh, yep. uh, that Brian Dable called that turned that game in the first quarter. So uh, Redick has been, and then he was asked after the game why if he felt snubbed about being a uh, not a finalist for defensive player of the year, Laurie, and he said, "I think my play did the talking." So mm-hmm. clearly bothered him. <laughs> clearly, clearly had a chip on his shoulder, and he's playing like it. Yeah, uh, talking to Ryan Dunleavy about uh, the NFC Championship game, and. You mentioned some of the questionable calls. I guess just big picture, both in this game, um, there obviously were questionable calls, but just also in the second game, the playoffs in general. How much of a story is this right now? The um, It feels like it's a bigger story than usual. Is fans, media, everybody, um, teams not happy with the officiating? I don't know if it's bigger than normal. I mean, it's big, but I feel like it's big every year, right? I mean, it was big when the Rams uh, and the Saints and they missed that pass interference call like yeah. six years and ago. And then we all overreacted about that for five yeah, seconds. And it, yeah, and it's big, and it's big during the baseball playoffs when they miss a caught stealing or, uh. you know, it, like it's just is the more advanced television replays we get at home down to the absolute millisecond, the worse we know these calls are like watching that play in the press box I, I thought Devonta Smith caught it and then watching the first three replays I thought he caught it and then they showed us the one where he didn't catch it well we didn't see that one before the Eagles got the next playoff Kyle Shanahan didn't see that one before he got the next playoff so like I don't know yes it's a big deal and yes they're missing calls uh, but I think nothing's really going to change there and we'll still be complaining about it in the 2032 playoffs <laughs> Um, so uh, again, hard to judge this game and the 49ers without quarterback play, but still, um, taking a step back, does it feel like the Eagles were the best team in the, in the NFC this year? Yeah. I think we got it right. Yeah. Start to finish. They definitely, I think they're 16 and one when Jalen Hurts starts the Mm -hmm. game. Uh, that's hard to, that's hard to argue with. I mean, they obviously they're built. Uh, offensive and defensive lines are top notch. That's where football games are still won, despite all the sexy passing on the perimeter. I mean, they're still won in the trenches. They're great there, and then they have great players on the trenches: Brown and Smith, Bradbury and Slay on the other side. Uh, great players on the perimeter: Brown and Smith, um, Bradbury and Slay on the other side of the ball. So, yeah, I mean, they have weapons all over the field. They they uh, manip- manipulate the salary cap to get as many stars as possible. I mean, they added Linval Joseph and mm-hmm. Dominican Sue in like December. I mean, those are players the Giants would have loved to add and couldn't add them in September. So, um, yeah, totally uh, dominant team. And, yeah, the 49ers, I would have liked to – they had that 12-game winning streak. I would have liked to see them with whoever their best quarterback was. I'm not even sure it was Trey Lance. I would have liked to see them with that guy all season and know if they matched up to the Eagles. But even with a healthy Purdy, they didn't match up to the Eagles. Maybe they would have. Who knows? But um, you know, we didn't really get. It was the first first drive of the game. We didn't get any chance to uh, to see what that might look like. Um, if you're thinking NFC and and AFC, does it seem you know it's it's look give the Eagles their due, but they got to play a rebuilding Giants team in the division round, a San Francisco 49ers team with no quarterback in the NFC Championship game. I look over at the AFC. And, I mean, there's a team like the Bengals who had to play the Ravens, the Bills, and the Chiefs. Um, it, is, is this path for the Eagles um, maybe one of the easiest of all time? Yo, definitely. Yeah, no, I definitely think that. That's a good point. 
Uh, definitely one of the easiest all times. It doesn't mean they won't win the Super Bowl. I mean, look, the Ram, the Bengals survived the AFC gauntlet last year, and it was a gauntlet. Uh, they survived that last year, and then the Rams beat yeah. them in the Super Bowl. And the Rams, you know, they didn't have to play the Packers. They got the 49ers with Jimmy G in the championship game. So it's not like the Rams had a pretty easy pass last year, and the um, Bengals had a harder one, and the Rams won. So it doesn't mean the Eagles won't win. They're certainly on the level of the uh, Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals. They're pro- those are probably the four best teams clear in a way. So it doesn't mean the Eagles won't win, but they've certainly had the easier path. How do you evaluate Jalen Hurts' play on this day? I mean, he didn't have to do very much. It looked like he missed some open throws, one to A.J. Brown, who you know might have walked in for a touchdown if he had hit it. 15 to 25, 121 yards passing, um, ran you know 11 times, 39 yards, punched it in for a touchdown. But um, you know, on this day. 44 carries, 148 yards. They ran for four touchdowns as an offense. Um, I, I don't know. Was the story of this game, besides the fact that the other team has no quarterback, but still, story of this game, the Eagles' offensive line? Yeah, I mean, they ran the ball on a team I didn't think you could run the ball against. Yep. I mean, Jalen Hurts ran the ball well. Miles Sanders had two touchdowns. It was a classic Eagles balanced attack. It wasn't like uh, anybody carved them up. I don't even know if anybody had 50 yards, but no. uh, San- Sanders, Scott, Gainwell, Hurts all had like, you know, 30 to 49 mm-hmm. yards. So uh, it was classic attack. They moved the offensive line as good, you know, as good as ever with those guys. What Lane Johnson is doing playing through injury at right tackle. Yeah is Superman like. Mm-hmm. Um and then Hurts, look, I think he probably would have done more, Lori. I think as watered down as the forty ers attack was by not having two quarterbacks, I think the Eagles was the same way. I think Sirianni and his coaches were like, Okay, this is now just don't make a catastrophic mistake. So right. I don't yeah, I don't I don't think it's like that, you know, I don't think Hurts had a bad game or they couldn't figure it out. I think they went into a shell too once they had a twenty one seven lead and said there's no way this team's scoring twenty one points, let's just run the clock out. At that point I thought in the second half they they could have the Eagles could have kneeled and punted on every play if you just didn't throw pick sixes. Um, you just were not going to lose to this uh, depleted 49er um, team without a quarterback. I actually did find it perplexing that Kyle Shanahan, you know, Giants fans remember uh, Giants played a a game for a little bit um, earlier in the season where, you know, you have Daniel Jones hurt, then Tyrod Taylor gets knocked out, and they're playing. um, They have Jones in there, like, just calling things. And they've got Saquon running wild car, you know, running wildcat, and at least getting a little creative and doing something. Um, I was surprised that Shanahan just didn't try something more interesting or creative. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it would have mattered, but I do think that is a fair criticism that there was he there was the one play where he put McCaffrey back there and McCaffrey chucked a deep ball um, that he didn't go to something like that or that most teams. And I know the Giants had uh, Kadarius Tony for a while, who was a high school quarterback. Most teams have a receiver or a running back or maybe even a tight end who was a high school quarterback who probably committed to college as a quarterback and got moved positions, maybe plays DB now. Most guys have a super athletic guy who's thrown the football 
because he was the best player on his high school team at some point. I don't know who that is for the 49ers. I think I saw somebody tweet Jawan Jennings, one of their backup receivers, mm-hmm. was like a four-star quarterback recruit at some point. You have to have something else up your sleeve. I mean, it was so blatantly obvious that the Eagles were just running 11 guys up to the line of yep. scrimmage basically at the snap. It was so blatantly obvious that what you were doing was not going to work. You were just banking on Debo or McCaffrey or Kittle, who are all pro-caliber players, breaking five tackles. And that worked once with McCaffrey in the first half. It wasn't going to work play in, play out. So you had to have something up your sleeve. And uh, if it didn't work, if it blew up and you lost the game 52-7 to because Jawan Jennings threw three picks, then so be it. Two more before I let you go. One is just in general, um, in terms of the job that Eagles president Howie Roseman has done with this roster, you, you know, you were talking about in a lot of ways, it's it's a an all-star team, a lot of pro bowlers there, but that they went from kind of a rebuild after that, that Super Bowl and to have rebuilt and reloaded this quickly. Um you know, it, how good a job was that? I mean, it's, incre- it's incredible. The NFL is not built for that. I mean, the NFL is built for, you know, you, you can sustain some excellence and then you go into a rebuild cycle. I mean, look at what happened to the Rams this year. And now we don't know if the Rams are going to be good for a couple of years. And they have what we think is one of the best coaches. So um, it's absolutely incredible. I think this is probably the third different era of Eagles football in the last 15, 16 years that is highly successful. If you go to the Reed McNabb era mm-hmm. and then the Peterson Wentz Foles era and now this era, they're just sustained excellence. And uh, a lot of that goes, and it's three different coaches. And mm-hmm. so a lot of that goes to the front office, uh, super aggressive about signing free agents, about manipulating the salary cap, which is such a huge advantage because so many teams just get baffled by the salary cap. He's obviously an expert at it. Uh, he's a shrew- he's a trade shark. And it seems like he wins every trade he makes. Uh, and then obviously quarterback drafting. I mean, he the the story of this team is he had Carson Wentz, yep. who was a number two overall pick, who played like an MVP. He had Nick Foles, who was who was a Super Bowl MVP. And they're back here without either of those guys. And they're here with a guy who's better than both of them, who he stole in the second round. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that all goes to Howie Roseman. Man, incredible job. All right, final one. A little point of civic pride here. Um, curious what you thought about the uh, building formerly known as the Empire State Building, but for now I will just call it the State Building. Um, post, you know, they obviously turn their um, colors um, to reflect things generally uh, New York oriented or or holidays or you know fun things like that, um, and they decide to uh, turn green and and post on social media fly eagles fly which has not really been flying very well with uh new yorkers but uh, i was curious what you thought no i think it's uh, I, I, I think it's a big mistake yeah i mean i understand it's red now for the chiefs uh and i understand it was pre-planned and i guess i i guess asking around they do this every year for the championship game I, i've I, never I, i've never noticed or heard that they did this before yeah neither have i so like if they have then 
I guess I understand it. If they haven't, then it was really, really ill-timed considering this team not only is a Philadelphia-New York rivalry, but considering this team just beat the Giants three times this year, I think they could have done without it. Let's put it that way. You know what? Whether they had just beat the Giants or not, the fact that they're still the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, yeah. I, I, Anyway, I will have more to say about that. And uh, I don't and, think they should do it for the Super Bowl. Let's put it that way. Yeah, right? and if they have done it in the past, by the way, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, change their colors or whatever. I've never noticed them post that color on social and write "Fly Eagles, Fly." Yeah, that makes it worse. Like, it could have just been green, and we could all guess it was for, like, environmental safety or something. Right. Or, you know, whatever. Or that you were selling out somehow or whatever it is. But it, there was, there was, yeah, fly eagles fly. I don't know how you come back from that. Anyway, um, all right, Ryan Dunleavy, Dunleavy um, from the Post in Philly covering the championship game, uh, NFC championship, a shellacking Eagles, 31-7, not competitive. Um, Ryan, appreciate the time. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, Lori.